Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan. This podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Please think about leaving us a nice review, subscribing, making sure you're telling everyone, and getting the word out about us. We certainly do appreciate it. On the show today, guys, I am so excited to bring an artist who I very much enjoyed speaking to. Asaf Avidan is very well known in Europe with several platinum records and number one hits across 14 different countries. Hailing from Israel originally, but having lived all over the world, Asaf is a gifted songwriter, that's an understatement, and lyricist with a truly unique and amazing voice. We find ourselves in a pretty deep conversation that I think you will enjoy and shows just how far he is willing to go inside of himself to get these great songs out. It's, it's truly incredible. So, please, please enjoy Asaf. Avidan. Little me and little you kept doing all the things they do. They never really think it through like I can never think you're true. Here I go again, the blame, the guilt, the pain, the hurt, the shame, the founding fathers of our plane that's stuck in heavy clouds of rain. Before I really jump into things, I just want to make sure, because I've made this mistake in the past... Will you tell me exactly how to say your amazingly lovely name? Asaf Avidan. Okay. See, my Americanness would go Asaf. Asaf, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But it's weird because, like, in America, I would be Asaf. In France, I'm Azaf. You know, it's like everywhere, it's uh, completely different. And I just got used to the fact that it doesn't matter. Like, I don't give a shit, really. Just respond. Uh, it's really interesting so one of the things that i noticed right away when i started learning about you because i'll be completely honest i you were under my radar and i'm so happy to have found your music well i I think i've i've been pretty under the radar for for the entire continent like uh i'm i'm doing all, all right here but in america i've been it's also the the lack of my my commitment to, to working there. I mean, I, I barely come over and and try. You know, you think that's you think that's what it is? Is it just kind of are we just a weird market to break into? I think you're a weird market specifically. Like, it's kind of funny that you asked how to pronounce my name, and then and then we got into this because I feel that there is. I feel that if I were to change my name and release the same songs. And call myself, I don't know, Jack Diamond or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, I, I feel that it, it, they would be received differently if I created a, a, a different biography for myself. That's a really interesting way to look at it. No, I, I mean, I've been, I've, I've hit this wall many times in my career that I really, it's two things. One is like that, that immediately I'm considered world music, no matter what I do, even if I'm, you know, making an album with, you know, Mark Howard, this Americana kind of based, um, I don't know, like folk blues kind of music. And and still it would just, because it's called Asafa Vidan, like 
you know, they would just regard it as, as something different. And then there is the need for labeling a lot. Like I see this something True. very specific to, to Americans, like your radios are very separated. It's either AAA or it's either student, student, studential radios, or it's either alternative or it's pop or it's like, and I feel that not everywhere in Europe, but some places in Europe and in Israel, and I mean, there's more openness, I think maybe because it's smaller. Yeah. So there's an, an openness for just the lack of uh, need for definition, you know, like the definitions. I can definitely see that. I've been so I've been in the UK now f- since uh, beginning of July. That's where mm-hmm. my girlfriend's from here. So um, we've been I've been exposed to longer term radio like the bbc one through four and everything like that and even though the uk is kind of america junior i still think in in the realm of what you're talking about the radio is a bit more diverse you're just going to hear some things in the u.s you kind of got to go to college radio stations to really get off to like some more independent labels and find artists that you might not find otherwise it's just it's all top 40 or oldies yeah that's it exactly um what's your you have a I, i i went and looked at your instagram you have animals in every picture right and i just absolutely love that you're just a big animal fan yeah yeah i mean i i i, I think they're easier for me than than humans to love <laughs> isn't that the truth yeah. i had a uh my dog is a emotional support animal okay. and um and they i had to do an interview to an, a phone interview with this woman to uh get her that designation and she asked me she was like so what is it that makes you makes your dog and i'm like you ever just get overwhelmed and you just lay your dog on your chest and synchronize your breathing to calm down? And she was like, yes, yes, you're, you're the prime candidate for this. <laughs> but you had a really unique incident. Was it earlier this year where you had, was, I think, an adopted pet? Yeah, it was two years ago, in exa- uh, almost to the, like, it was last December, uh, two, two Decembers ago. I promise we're going to get to music, but this is just such an amazing story. No, I mean, this is a crazy story. I mean, I, so the, 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 the exposition for the story is that, um, I decided to take, uh, like kind of like a sabbatical year, a year off touring because I was just tired. I, I I've been touring at that point for like 10 years and, and, wow. uh, I don't know. I was just burnt out a bit and I had an old dog that I came and, you know, I came and went. So I saw her sporadically, but she was my dog for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And she was getting old and I knew I'm not going to have her for a long time. And I said, wow, this is a perfect opportunity to adopt a new dog and to start bonding with it. So I have this year of bonding that by the time that I start touring again, you know, we can can have this long, long uh, distance relationship. And then I my girlfriend found this race of dogs that it's not really a dog. It's a hybrid between wolves, a Czechoslovakian (laughs) wolf and the German shepherd. So it's half wolf, half dog. And in most States in America, it's illegal. Uh, But there's some States and some countries in Europe that they're considered just a dog breed. Hmm. Um, And I've been with dogs for all my life, also big dogs. And so I thought, yeah, I can handle this. And you're supposed to take them only when they're puppies, so they grow into a pack. They're very pack oriented. They're very yeah. different than dogs. Um, they're very hierarchy driven. 
you're not supposed to take a male if you're a male. You're supposed to take the opposite sex so you don't have a competition. Anyway, there's all kinds of these gremlin rules that you're not supposed to uh, to to fuck with. And and so I made every single mistake possible. I, I took an adult, traumatic, uncastrated male. Um, <laughs> and, and and it's no surprise in retrospect, the you know, that... Uh, I mean, I knew it's going to be problematic, but I met him and we really just fell in love. And, yeah. and it was my dream to have this monstrous, huge ass dog that's, you know, this guy, you know, that that has his own shit and history. And I just, we kind of become pals. I don't own him, you know, he can, okay. he can really destroy me if he wanted to. Yeah. And I like that idea. I like that. Um, of some kind of living next to a wild thing that, you know, I give him his space, he gives me my space and we love each other in our own way. Uh, and, and it worked out for like two or three weeks. It was perfect. And we had like specifically wolf trainers coming to our house to help us with, with the transition. And everybody was completely, you know, high on their clouds, just saying how amazing our bond is and everything. And then I got a little cocky and I introduced him way too soon to my cat, oh. which I wasn't supposed to do at that time. But he was just giving me so much feedback that he's completely ready. He was getting along with me and my girlfriend and our friends and our dogs. And and it was he was just so attentive and respectful that I just made that introduction and it got bad and I intervene not in a violent way but 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 in a, enough of a way that he got angry at me and just um decided to change the the hierarchy uh, oh structure God. and he just he really was just very calmly which was the eerie part he he didn't even growl or anything he didn't get pissed he was just there was like a decision made in his eyes and he just started ripping me apart unbelievable and just really, felt fully in control huh yeah he he just kind of realized the situation all of a sudden that this doesn't have to be i don't have to be the alpha you know maybe he can be the alpha you know hmm. um and so he just you know he was checking it you know the first bite was just kind of to see where things are going and then with my fear and pain he just yeah carried on and it was really i really just was sure that that's how my life is going to end just it got to that point where you were you were there yeah, mentally like yeah this is no it. he was completely like there was a point that he was he ripped my ear off my head and, and oh my god and i was bloody and he ripped my arm apart and he bit into my thigh and and i don't know until you hear yourself scream and i'm i'm, I'm i make a living out of screaming it but uh <laughs> i mean until you hear yourself scream and that like it it sounds like a like a like a spaghetti western scream you know like it, yeah it's it just and you realize that voice is coming out of you and just like the heart the heartbreak not just the the pain and the fear but just the like you know, this symbol of friendship and loyalty and dog, you know, and as, yeah. and as human, you know, just the betrayal of it all in my own house, you know, like, so, so it was a huge deal. And then of course, in, as I transitioned into writing the album some months later, it was a, it was a very obvious metaphor to use for the relationships, different relationships I had through the past and, 
And so, yeah, and, and, and it's pretty miraculous. I mean, I don't believe in miracles at all. I'm, I'm very grounded, but, uh, but just the, the sheer luck of him not, like he ripped my arm apart, yet not a single nerve was damaged. There was a lot of muscle damage, but you can work that. Um, and I did, and I did a lot of physiotherapy. And so I can play guitar and piano again, which is really nobody, nobody thought. When, when they saw me coming to the ER, like I was already starting to think, what am I going to do with my life after this? Well, I mean, that's the that's the big thing, right? Is you just have no idea what the end result is going to be. And the fact that it didn't touch on any nerves or anything. And I just got to say, your doctors, mm. whoever you had, they're amazing because no, they're great. They're, they're incredible. <laughs> like, like, the, the, like I, you know, I remember looking because because. I, I don't want to get too graphic, but but I, I had to hold my ear because it was really 90% just hanging off. Oh, my God. And, and so I, I was hanging on to it, and my thumb was completely broken, and my arm was ripped apart. And and I remember going in, inside the ambulance, and, and I was – not only did I think I'm not going to play music again, but I thought, fuck, my face is probably just going to be deformed and weird. And, and, and still I felt lucky because, you know, just because – I, we were fighting. We were really fighting for minutes. Um, so, so there was a part where not, where I kind of was really fighting for my life, and I held him by his by his kind of mane and and pushed him against the wall. And then I realized in a split second that what a mistake it was because now his head was in front of my head. Yeah. Uh, and so he went for a bite just in front of me, and I turned my head, and I keep on thinking if I turned it just a fragment, a fraction quicker or slower he either would have gotten my face or my neck or like, and I don't know. So yeah. So the doctors did an amazing job for the second time in my life, because when I was 20, uh, 21, I had cancer. So it's the second time modern Western medicine saves me. Unbelievable. Um, which is, uh, which is incredible. And, and, it's it's crazy, right? This life is a game of inches. I think about that all the time. Yeah. I, it's yeah, really yeah. wild how that kind of stuff. So you kind of touched on this and I want to use this to transition into the to the album. Um you can you gave me a new word that I hadn't heard before and I've been I've been agnoresis. Rain starts to Follow it up to where it begins, deep in the ocean. Love is a way, love is a way. So loosely defined, it's a moment of recognition or realization of truth, and I... Oftentimes in literature and plays or things like that, but it can it can happen all over the place. And you're kind of using it, meta, like autobiographically. So, yeah. so it's it's a term coined by Aristotle, and he has this uh, book that I have. It's a thesis on. It's called Poetics, and it's about mainly about drama and how to if if uh, what are the morals that art needs to to have and how to deconstruct the the, the drama and how to uh critic it uh critique it and 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 so he coins this term called anagnosis which is a moment of revelation of a truth that leads to some kind of revelation of self 
Okay. It can be it can be projected into another character, but mainly it's it's about your own self. It's a revelation of your true identity. So, you know, when when uh, I don't know in the what was it the that movie where I see dead people uh, with Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense, yeah. Like the, so, the the moment where he realizes he was the ghost all along, like yeah. he was, you know, that's that's an an ignorant moment. Perfect example. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, like that moment that oh, the you know everything falls into place and we realize who we truly are, and and so I I was reading this and I stumbled upon that term which I didn't know before as well, and I just thought like I ran down to my studio because I finally there was this eureka moment, the way I I, I create albums I never sit down and say I'm going to write an album now okay. I write songs, but they're very stream of conscience kind of um, random outbursts. Okay. And then there is usually a moment where you start, it's that anagnorisis moment that you you see suddenly the matrix, you, you see kind of the form between these dots, the lines between these dots and what is the, 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 the thread that ties them all together. Mm-hmm. And, and that was that moment I realized all these songs that felt completely different generically, textually, and, and, and everything, they were, there was a revelation as I was progressing or trying to progress and trying to understand myself because I was turning 40 and I was like going through this process and finally I had quiet from the stage and I was like, who am I? What am I? You know, and, and as we do in, in our midlife crisis and and the deeper I, I dived, um, the, the, it's just the blurrier it became, the formless, the, the, it, there was a formlessness and an abstractness. And I kept on hating myself and feeling small and, and, and unworthy of, of my profession because I'm supposed to, if, if I can't even depict my own self to myself, how am I going to communicate <laughs> these themes to others? You know, I'm an artist. This is what I do. And, and how can it be? I'm either not brave enough or not honest enough or not talented enough. And, and so there was this moment that the blurriness is not the problem. It's just yeah. the essence. We are an abstract nebula of selves. And every time we try to impose a structure on it, whether by any definition, but art, of course, art is a structure of definitions. Um, when we try to impose that, we are inherently lying. And, and, and once I had that revelation, it became so easy because understanding that the blur is the self, the, the, mul- the multitude of selves are the, 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 the one thing that I'm looking for, then I could start you know, saying, okay, this song has merit, this song has merit. It's just different pieces of the the mosaic. It's really something that I think is, I wonder if you could have gotten there 10 years ago, because I'm I'm a couple years behind you, but I'm staring 40 right in the shotgun barrel. And I'm I'm trying to not let it bother me, but there's something about those round numbers that just they do something. I don't know what it is, but but it just has an effect on our subconscious. And I'm 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 really curious for you 
if you think a song like the title track, um, did you need some unique circumstances to come into your life to write songs that were on this album? Like, like you said, this, this attack that you had in your house had something to do with it. I think I read that you were kind of coming out of a long-term relationship. Did all of these things culminate to just kind of form this? And you're looking inward as the deeper that you go, you continue to be more and more, you're like, I'm figuring stuff out and it opens up. It's the Pablo Escobar theory, right? As soon as they get Pablo Escobar, there's 10 more Pablo Escobars. And so it's like, we can never figure this out. And that's kind of what happens when you start looking inward. And I'm wondering as you were going through this album, if that was what was going on. So there's a lot there to unpack. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right in, in general, but, but like, like that thing that you say about the Pablo Escobar, it's like, I look at like, we're sitting here doing this Zoom thing and I don't know, you have your desk before you and you look at it and in the macroscopic world, it's a desk. And then you look at it with, you know, a magnifying glass and you can see the dust or the, the you know, the, the wood patterns. And then you look with a microscope and you see different structures, these cells that the wood is made of. And then you look with a whatever, like a like a electron microscope, and you see more detail. And then you get to like these particle colliders, and you you the fundamental reality as we know it right now is that things are statistical and chaotic, and like there's no absolute, and 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 like yeah. suddenly things become a nebula of statistics, and and that's just kind of like that that layering is how I felt. So if you ask me if I could have reached here years ago or albums ago, I don't think so. I think you have to go through the archaeological dig, the excavation of, of layer by layer until you find that core. And it's not that I wasn't looking for it. It's just, I feel there is a, you need to wear yourself down. Absolutely. <laughs> life, life needs to just bend you again and again and again and, and kind of shave off some of your edges until you reach these points that you can accept some of these things because they're so just like just like accepting uh, you know particle physics is so non-logical like also accepting this idea of of an unstructured self like i think about teenager years that's all we do is you know we say oh, i love nirvana you know this is i'm going to wear their t-shirt i'm going to only have friends that love nirvana and i'm you know like this is what defines me now i'm a grunge guy you know yeah and like you have to have some kind of structure that you can lean upon and gives you some kind of comfort and i think through the years you let go of the need for comfort. Like you, you start giving less and less shit and things um, uh, disappoint you again and again and again and again until you just become a bit more numb to them. And I don't, I know it sounds depressing, but I actually don't feel it's depressing. I feel I'm, I'm closer to accepting reality than teenagers or, or 20 years old stuff. Yeah. Even though they had, I, I mean, they had their place in the world. They, 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 I needed to have them, but I don't miss them at all. Like, yeah. Fuck <laughs> Stay tuned for more Song Facts podcast right after this. Ever wonder how my voice is bouncing off your eardrums so clean and crispy? No? Well, let me tell you anyway. 
The Lyra microphone by AKG brings their legendary acoustic engineering to a versatile USB mic that delivers the highest quality audio in its class. USB connection. This is good for me because of the simplicity and the ability to just plug and play without an interface. You may have gathered from various episodes that I am doing this show on the road, so being that I record most interviews in a different location than the last, it is good for me to know that I have a high-quality, easy-to-transport and use USB mic like the Lyra to make sure my sound is clean. Whether you're like me and recording a podcast, a musician recording vocals or an instrument, or if you need to do a voiceover for a YouTube channel, Lyra's innovative AKG Adaptive Capsule Array adapts to your performance to record pristine audio. It has four versatile capture modes. What's a capture mode, you ask? That is how the mic picks up your voice. Just trust me, with these four options, it's really all you're going to need. With AKG Lyra, you'll be up and running in no time, no matter your experience level. There's no assembly, no need for separate audio interface, no fiddling with software settings. It just works right out of the box. And Lyra is something that is compatible with Windows, Mac, iOS, and Android devices, and all major recording softwares. So, if you're looking for a mic that offers ease of use along with a high quality sound, check out the AKG Lyra and look no further. I mean, it's the willingness to go in, if I may. I mean, I think that what I don't even know what percentage of the people have a willing to just like turn that mirror on them and just really stare at it and then go in. And I yeah. I think a lot of people stay on the surface and just don't really bother with what's going on and hopefully that continues to change i want to talk about some music now and i want to talk a little bit there's a song that i think is probably my favorite song on the album and it's earth odyssey and when i hear this i hear i hear david bowie yeah of course it's it's my that is okay good i'm on it onto it then so where did this song kind of come from So I was, I mean, as we talked in the beginning, like I usually have a go-to kind of genre of music. I mean, I've, I've, I've experimented a lot with different genres of music, but what defines me is this kind of folk singer songwriter with, with some jazzy blues uh, orientation. And, and, and so, you know, like my two pillars are Dylan and Cohen and then I have a bit of Nina Simone and Billie Holiday in there. And, and, and that's kind of what I listen to. And that's kind of what I write into that. That's the, the, the stencil that I work with. Um, and in this album, I felt that I was going through such a change that I don't want to go back. I, I went, I went to the studio and I would write a song and it was a beautiful song, but it was very Leonard Cohen-esque, you know, like, beautiful kind of finger picking guitar and these kind of rich metaphors with the long, long verses. And I, I would say, I, you know, I, I would 
puke, you know, like uh, metaphorically, just <laughs> like I, I didn't want to do that. Like I felt like, how can I be depicting a changing self with things that depicted me, you know, 10 years ago? This doesn't make sense. There must be some kind of uh, falsehood to it. And so I was actively putting that these, you know, these mythological fathers aside and looking for new ones, yeah. mothers or fathers. And, and David Bowie just passed away and, and I was kind of digging into his discography and, and it just seeped in there. And I loved, there's this thing that I love about characters, yep. you know, like Tom Waits takes one character through his lifetime. David Bowie changes characters but he really creates them and he goes, dives into them and through them, he manifests some version of his self that might be even more real than just a superficial mm -hmm. version. And, and that's what I love about that. And so I was kind of playing with that idea. And I also vocally love the idea of presenting myself in different voices because that's kind of how I felt that there's voices that are sometimes harmonious, but sometimes contradictory. And, and I really wanted to play with that. And it just became this, you know, like I thought, oh, space oddity, you know, it's a takeoff on space odyssey. And then I thought odyssey, you know, all my like my mythological things like I, I really love this idea of the odyssey, the, the Greek mythology. And I was writing a lot about it in the past. And and I thought, but wait, like there is we keep on projecting our voyages upon, you know, the, the seas of the whatever or the skies or like, what about the earth, the, the muddy, like, dusty, dirty life, <laughs> of journey of life that, that you know, I want to give that some, where's, where's the beauty of that, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so it became this song about the meaninglessness and hopelessness and yet deciding to you know, everybody's keep singing as the world, you know, is spinning into oblivion. Um, and it's just a hymn to our powerlessness. And, 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 and that's kind of what I wanted to do with the album. I wanted to dive into that universal inherent core of what it means to be human, which is to be afraid of mortality, to be afraid of invisibility, to be afraid of meaninglessness, you know, I, I read a lot about ancient art, you know, like prehistoric art about the cave paintings. And, and, you know, I see all these sublimations of that one primal fear of, of knowing our own selves yeah. and, and, and suffering from it, you know, knowing being intelligently conscious. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I really wanted to have an album that, that lives that, truthfully not trying to hide it into other things i think that you accomplished your goal pretty well i mean <laughs> i've been going back and forth over this album over the last five or six days and i think i've listened to it top to bottom you know at least a half a dozen times you said that i was out of your radar in the, in the beginning how how did i get how did you hear about my music you have an amazing publicist Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, and it did. So then what happened was I asked my girlfriend, who's um, probably just knows a little bit more European music than I would. And she knew a, a couple of your songs. 
And then, um, but then I just took a deep dive because you said a couple of your pillars are, are Cohen and Dylan. I think my main pillar is Dylan. I just, it's something that has been a magnetic force in my life. And it's lyrically, I just love going there. I can, I know which albums to go to based on what mood I'm in. Yeah. And I get, I get a cross between Dylan and Manu Chao. Mm. with you and i really love the worldly music of manu chao was really great i'm very grateful to have discovered him at a at a younger age and that's a lot of what i hear in you musically while lyrically i think what you're doing you have this great lyric in um earth odyssey that i wrote down that i wanted to to talk about a little bit something out of nothing still amounts to nothing at all it's exactly what you're talking about. It's this yeah. digging inward, but it's treading water. You're not yeah. going to end up getting anywhere, but you can find some discovery. But in the end, you're just you're just you're just trying, and trying is really all you can do. Yeah, and and what I feel is like we can look at it at the at the personal level, but we cannot look at it at the and anthropological level. You know, everything we do, everything as a society, as a species, you know, every ism that we create is really, you know, we, we give it the something, we give it the meaning and the, 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 the seriousness and, the, and we, we believe in these things, you know, like, I don't know, I, I mean, I know this book has been talked about so many times, but the Yuval Noah Harari book, uh, Sapiens, Oh, yeah. And, and there's one, uh, one chapter there that he says, like, there's nothing, he's a, he's a liberal, vegan, gay, you know, professor. And, but he says, listen, like, there's nothing fundamentally different between veganism and Nazism. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? And then, you know, thinking about it, you're like, right, it's imaginary sets of rules and moralities that we invent for ourselves. And we believe that, no, this is, this is real, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, that there's things that we can laugh at, like, okay, making money, you know, people believe in making money, the capitalist dream. And we can look about, at it and say, come on, you can't really think that's really serious. Or we can look at, you know, weird religions, you know, like Scientology or whatever, and say, oh, you know, they're crazy or they're weird. Yep. But, but then when you start to dissect your own moral compasses, and you realize each and every one of them is just as uh, prone to deconstruction, just as yeah. the others. And like, so, so, so there's that, there's just that everything that we believe in, everything that gives us a sense of meaning of, of, you know, this, you know, like psychological, you know, Freudian fathers and mothers is all based on, us, you know, I, I remember I, I one time talked to, talked to my shrink and I told her, I just feel like every time I'm, I'm if I don't want to drown in an ocean, I need to puke my own earth, like to, to, to stand on, to have an island to stand on. And it just, you have to create your own everything. Yeah. It struck me with this album, the more I was digging into that idea that nothing is real and everything is just a, a decision or upbringing that that we we are fed you know i've had this happen where i've i this this thought pops into my head all the time when i'm walking in like if i'm traveling somewhere in the world so if i'm walking somewhere on a street in bangkok and all of a sudden like i just bump into a person just kind of randomly and i'm like 
with the thought that goes into my head is every decision we've ever made up to this point led to this thing yeah. just happening where I'm just like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then I carry on with my life. And it's yeah. this like split second of a thing. And I, you look at it from that like macro lens and you're like, oh my God. And it, that, that kind of stuff just, I love doing that kind of thought process of, wow, I wonder if they think every decision I've ever made. <laughs> carry that further and say every particle in the universe ever had any energy or, or movement or whatever led to that specific moment. We can get some mushrooms and get as deep into that as we need to. Um, okay, so you studied animation and from what I saw, even had an award-winning short film, Find Love Now. That's true. I'm very curious because your lyrics, I think, are poetic they're visual um and they just they they as you're listening to your songs for me i can picture a lot of the stuff that you're even if i can't necessarily exactly figure it out the first time through you kind of take me to a place visually and i wonder if this animation illustration background helps you write these visual lyrics or is that what kind of led to it Old sun rising in these eyes and i can clearly see the lies and are avoiding and embroidering pseudo-freudian manifestos of this void and which we're toiling it's just soiling pray to clear it all comes all comes boiling down to moon and snake and mother down to walls of me and other i really think it does i mean i mean i don't really um notice it while I'm writing but but definitely looking you know reading my lyrics at a certain point and realizing like the, I, I I start off a lot of the songs by having visions you know I, I because I before I studied animation I studied uh, film in high school and mm -hmm. so my whole nurturing was through a frame you know like um, so I often describe a, a, a landscape or, or a visual grotesque David Lynchy kind of thing, and 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 so I have these um, just images to 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 riff from, you know, like but but they do start as kind of these weird images. Yeah. So this kind of takes me into my next question, because on a song like Lost Horse. you fool me a little bit lyrically so you sort of set up the listener with these grandiose visions in the verses that kind of lead us to think it's a song about a powerful feeling for someone. And then right at the end of the verse, you strike that down and tell us this ain't love. Asaf, if it's not love, what is it? I mean, it's again that, that thing that, that yeah, at, at the moment that you're living it, you really believe every, every particle of that relationship. But the moment that you look, you look from it from from retrospect of, of time or space or whatever, like you can really see what I mean. You have a different 
version of it. And, and specifically that song, I mean, it's again, this thing that I don't like to do because there is this, you know, like nothing made me sadder than to realize that, you know, Chelsea Hotel was about uh, Janis Joplin blowing Leonard Cohen, you know, like that, yeah. that, that, uh, that's such a beautiful song. I didn't need to know who it's really about. Who's the girl? Why are the limousine? But, you know, it was a famous story. And, you know, after I heard it when I was 14, I don't know, when I was 16, I found that story out and, and I, and, and it kind of ruined a part of the song. It's still one of the most beautiful songs, but yeah. Um, and so I don't like, I, I, what I love about songwriting is that for the artist, it's very specific. He has a clear image of what he's writing about or she's writing about, but, but they write it in such a way that's abstract enough that anybody can funnel their own life into. Yeah. And that's really what I love about my, the poets that I love to read or the, the singer songwriters that I listen to. And so when you ask me what's lost horse or what is love, it's, I don't want to give too much away, but, but to me, this whole song started with another weirdly very real um, experience, which I, it literally, I lost a horse. I, I had a pack of wolves arrive in the, in the, um, in the field that my horses stay in. And I had a horse named Ariadne that she was chased and she got scared and she just fell off a cliff into the, into the sea. Oh, I live in a very beautiful place. So there's a cliff and there's a sea, but it's also dangerous anyway. So there's wolf, a horse. It's, it's such a huge dramatic moment, you know, and yet it's such a tiny moment. It's a hunter and a hunted and death, you know, that in a split second, something that was meaningful and beautiful and alive is just gone. Yeah. And, and that duality between the grandeur and the patheticness of it. And, or just, I don't know, I was looking for the horse for like three or four days because we didn't find the body and we did all these things and we called the fire department and we went, we, we went down with ropes. It was really crazy. And, and I went down, I went back to the house after like four days of searching and I just, I knew I had emotion, but I didn't know what emotion it was. I was just mm -hmm. blank uh, because suddenly like for four days, I had a goal was to find, even if she's not alive, I want to find the body. You know, I had a goal and, and suddenly that was just, I gave that up and I came here and I wrote lost horse, these two words on a piece of paper. And I just started weeping. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't crying. It was like bawling. And, and I, and, and, and it, it, it was obvious that I was not crying just about that. I was crying about loss, about the idea of loss, about how entropy always wins mm -hmm. in the end, you know, the second law of thermodynamics. Um, so, so every version of myself that I thought I had or dreamed to have is lost. Every relationship, every friend, every, I don't know, all these things that I lost. And so, the song became, uh, I, I started writing the song in that mood. And I just wrote about this love that I just lost this relationship. But then the chorus, I didn't want it to just stay into that. Like I, it's not about the, the title is about a very specific lost horse. Yeah. The verses are very specific relationship that I had, but, but I needed the chorus to be something more than that. And so yeah. what we are is sundials for the gods, meaning that we are the, decaying bodily things for 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 the for them for the gods for the mythology for the ideas to 
to have some point of reference about how time passes because obviously the gods don't don't age or die and and so we are here we live this trench of a life just to you know this is what we are we are just examples of entropy just like the rest of the universe and and so that became the song and I so when really, you asked really me, love it you asked me why i would say that's not love it just that was just the mood you know that in other times you know love is is the only answer the and only reason you know it's such a it's it's such an amazing thing to me to think that i could sit there and analyze a lyric like that like i had been for the majority of the last couple of days and as deep as i can go with it you just took me so far beyond where i went and i love that it's one of the things that i love about talking to people like you and getting a little bit of insight into it and i completely agree with what you said sometimes learning too much of a song you write it you put it out there a listener can interpret it it can mean whatever it needs to to them and learning a little bit too much directly of where it came from can be it, it you know it could ruin it it could it might not have that romance to it that it once did for you so i think that if somebody's listening they really want to dig into stuff that's great but you know it's a cautionary tale as well like you said yeah like again i think artists and and art are tools art doesn't happen when i create the song i i really don't think so i mean that's a it's a huge argument but I don't think when Picasso paints, painted, he he creates art. I think art happens in the trend in the trans. It's a, it's a it's a translatory thing. So when you as the 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 viewer looks at the painting and translate it through your own prism, that's the art. That con- conversation that you have with what the artist did from his own experiences and talent, and and so that's that's the thing. So what I'm afraid of is. I need to be a tool for you or for anybody. I need to be an instrument of, 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 of something that you can look through, a kaleidoscope that you can look through and find whatever it is that you need to find. And so, yeah, it's, it's a bit dangerous to, to give too much away of who I am and what I am. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Okay, so we kind of touched on this a little bit because we've said that you – you do jump around to some different genres. You've you've lived all over Jamaica, the U.S., Israel, Italy. I don't even where else. That's that's four just extremely yeah. diverse places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I want to go back a little bit to an album that you released in 2017 and a song, "A Man Without a Name." Train, train, come again. Getting by the back to its pain. Because this is getting into a realm of genre that I think I gravitate towards. And so when I started going deeper into your catalog and I find a song like this, I'm just like, you you keep checking boxes. And I just absolutely love it. And I, I, I can't believe that I have, when was your first album? 2006? Like, I have so much more to, like, siphon through. So, lyrics are quite dark on this song. Um... 
but wh- where did this kind of where did you get that groove? Is that just it? It has this like Americana thing that I think I was just surprised to have, and I love it paired with your uniquely beautiful voice. First of all, thank you. Um, I think that's actually who I am musically more than the Earth Odyssey song or or an album like Different Pulses, which is a bit more back, which is me trying to experiment with genres of music that I usually don't tend to, to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you listen to my first albums, they're really all kind of Americana, uh, either either really folk music or or blues music. That that was the that was where I came from and why I started making music. And I guess it's because my parents met. They're both Israelis, but they lived for ten years in New York, and they met there um and in the 70s and so when they came back and had i was born i was my the only kid in my family that was born in israel but when they came back to jerusalem and had me they brought back all their record collection their vinyl collection from the states in the 70s so it was really all you know um you know zeppelin and the doors and backwards you know what yeah. were you know like uh so there was blues there was like johnny hooker and muddy waters and stuff like that there was joplin hendrix you know like everything pink floyd and, yeah um and 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 my dad was into a bit more like jazz as well so not not like uh, instrumental jazz but but um uh, jazz like uh lyric jazz so there was a lot of billy holiday and stuff like that and okay so that was the record collection that growing up I had access to. Um, and, and that's the music that interests me. Then when I was a teenager, you know, it was the, 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 the grunge years. And as I said before, um, but even then, like, you know, so I got into music listening to whatever Nirvana or Pearl Jam, but then I, you know, who, who is Pearl Jam probably listening to? And, you know, you go back, it's kind of, no matter how much you go, like where you start off, you kind of always go back to the same roots. So true. And, and, and so if you're, if you're into what I will call good music, but, but that's pretentious or, <laughs> and obnoxious, but like, I think it's also all, true. so you know it leads down to that same that same well of 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 kind of blues you know early american blues and and kind of the the birth of singer songwriter folk and rock and 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 then you know when i was in my late teens i discovered cohen and, and dylan and that changed everything so if you listen to my first albums that's the music that i wanted to make yeah. Then it became as I made more albums, I was like, okay, uh, there's more colors to the palette. What can I, what can I fuck around with a bit more in order to depict this version of myself? Because you know, like, there's too much of a of a narrowing down when you're like, okay, this is my genre of music. I'm going to be a kind of new, new kind, new new age uh, rock blues persona you know it's boring um so if you ask sorry for, for the very long answer but but uh, if you ask where does a man without a name come from that's actually way more my style of music that's just it, it's really great because that's definitely my style of music and 
Yeah, I, I, I'm now you got me. I just can't wait to go back. I've got some more work to do after we get done here shortly, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna. That's gonna be the soundtrack to my afternoon. Um, I, I like it because I think I hope to think I would like to think that I that I got better as a musician for the years. So, so you're going backwards and down. You're going, you're reducing the 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 quality. I'll I'll be as judgmental of an American as I can be. <laughs> um, that's that's so. I'm just so thankful that I got to chat with you. That I've been introduced to your music. Um, I'm gonna do my small little part to try and expose it to as to some new ears, and hopefully you just keep creating because I think that's what you were you were you're doing what you were supposed to be doing because you do it so well, and it seems like it comes so naturally to you. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on and being with us today. Thank you. Little bit of technical difficulty there at the end shortened up that goodbye. But what a big thank you I have for Asaf. Such an incredible talent. Really great lyricist. Incredible voice. Go check out his music, please. You will not regret it. And as always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Thank you. Are you ready to lose weight the easy way? Get Nutrisystem, the proven plan that's worked for millions, and it will work for you, too. You get your breakfasts, lunches, dinners, and snacks delivered right to your door. Delicious foods that are ready in minutes, now featuring hearty inspirations meals that control hunger for up to five hours, high in protein, and bigger than ever. Exactly what you need to feel full, satisfied, and energized as the weight comes off. The secret is the break through science of smart adapt personalized to your metabolism and created to help you break through plateaus get your plan for as little as ten dollars a day order nutrisystem today and start losing weight right away millions of people have lost weight on nutrisystem you can too go to nutrisystem.com new right now and get a special offer just go to nutrisystem.com new to get started expect to lose an average one to two pounds a week offer restrictions apply see website for details